NHR the podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, Pat, and hello, NEI Nation. Welcome to another episode of NHR the podcast. We got a special episode for you today. Uh, you are stuck listening to Pat and myself. Uh, <laughs> we are not going to have uh, a coach interview today. We thought. Uh, with two weeks left of the season, uh, crazy that we're going to say two weeks left of the regular season, but two weeks left of the regular season, we thought with this episode, we would do a kind of a rundown of, of the, you know, kind of a preview of where teams are uh, in the standings, who's fighting for conference championships, um, just kind of a prelude into uh, conference tournament season because we're, we're almost there, Pat, and uh, things are things are tightening up quickly. You know, we, uh, we had a couple – teams uh, especially this weekend you know that maybe still have leads but um that we were actually uh thought were starting to look good to pull away and then all of a sudden they had a maybe an upset loss or and then a big win you know by somebody else and uh here we are we've got a lot more leagues uh, starting to tighten up so we'll get a little bit more in depth with uh, some of those uh i do believe pat and i'm not i'm not a great math person but uh um you know i do think that uh you know if our math is correct that we did have uh, two teams unofficially punch their ticket to the national tournament. Um, and that was number one, William Penn and number five, Indiana Wesleyan. Um, always an exciting time of year when, when you start seeing people uh, punch their ticket. Uh, those two were kind of inevitable anyway. Um, they're one went away from actually officially clinching it, but um, they're both uh, already clinched a share of their conference. And then if they, uh, they both have the tiebreakers, it looks like so. Uh, congratulations to both of those teams on punching their ticket, uh, two national championship contenders, um, without a doubt. Um, and then, uh, you know, as we get going, Pat, uh, like I said, just, just an exciting week again. And, uh, a lot of conference races starting to, starting to take, take shape, but also starting to get, uh, you know, a lot of teams starting to bite their nails a little bit. Right. Yeah. I think take shape, it might be the opposite, right? You know, you have, you have teams that are, Really, you know, obviously have two teams that punched their ticket, but now everything really starts to get shaken up. And we'll see here. Obviously, it's going to be an exciting two weeks, but who can kind of hang on? Who can kind of make some noise? It'll be really interesting to see how these conferences play out over these last two weeks. Obviously, we talk about it all the time, not just at the top, but kind of in the middle. Who's who's fighting for conference tournament seating? Who's going to get in? Who's going to get out? So excited to see it all finish. Excited to see it all come together. Yeah, and in the – you know, we don't have to have a long conversation about this just because uh, it's a, uh, you know, just a thing. Sorry, we don't have, to have a long conversation about this, but it was a, kind of just a sign of the times, you know, with, with COVID and stuff going around. But uh, uh, we have been talking about the last couple of weeks of uh, some of these leagues uh, where some teams may be playing their last games because uh, they're, you know, leagues don't qualify everybody for the national tournament. Well, we did have uh, two for sure um, in the KCAC uh, and the G. Sack all or both are uh, going to allow everybody. Uh, they change the tournament field, and everybody will qualify uh, for the conference tournament. So we will see. Uh, we're kind of a, a changing landscape uh, as, as things go get closer. Um, we will see if anything else changes as far as uh, the conference tournaments and and what the the conference tournament committees uh, decide to do with teams. But um, with the information at hand, we're going to jump in and uh, right into the uh, American Midwest Conference the AMC. Um, it's a one bid league, um, and I right now, you know, Missouri Baptist, uh, 12, 12 and zero in the league, and just running away with the the league. They had a big win over Columbia, who's the number two in the league right now. Um, this past weekend, um, which actually gave them now a three game lead um, in the AMC standings. So, um, very very good uh, run here for 
for uh, Missouri Baptist who's won 12 straight games. Um, it's like what we talked about last week, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you look at this time of year for those teams that are getting on a, on a hot streak and they've done that. Right. Yeah. And that's a team that really kind of will be interesting to watch as they move in. You hate to assume it, but into the national tournament, right? Is this a team that's played really good teams in their league? Is this a team, you know, that's been battle tested enough? How are the, what kind of noise are they going to make in the national tournament? Those are the ones that always kind of scare you, right? These kind of, one bid leagues that you don't know what you're going to get and just kind of might be able to shop some teams. Yeah. And, and you have to, they have to win their tournament, you know, obviously to get in and, and it'll be, they will be one of those bubble teams, you know, if they don't uh, win their, in their tournament, but the, the important part about this and a three game lead, um, you know, with four or five games left to, to go um, is that they're going to, they're looking like they're going to host the, the AMC tournament. Um, and that's, that's a big step. You know, that's the, one of those things where when you're able to, when you're able to host, um, it's a big thing or big, uh, or gives you an advantage, um, you know, it, being able to host a tournament, then hopefully you can win games at home to, to qualify for the national tournament. Right. Yeah. And that's a massive element. Cause like, obviously, you know, the conference tournament games are played. So like, you know, back to back to back, whatever it might be and getting on a bus, traveling, getting on a bus, coming home, getting on a bus, traveling really starts to wear on the team. So these host teams, really are at an advantage when it, when it comes to the conference tournaments. You're just comfortable. You're at home, obviously, shooting on the same rim. So, yeah, that always, always comes into effect. Yeah, and so, you know, eight, eight of uh, eight of the nine – or, sorry, uh, they're actually another team. All nine teams will actually uh, make the ANC tournament. Um, it's been eight in the past, but they, they're actually going to have nine teams make it. Um, and then, you know, you move on from a team or a league that has nine teams – um, and then you go into the Appalachian Athletic Conference uh, with 13 teams, um, and all 13 teams going to make the AAC tournament. Uh, they haven't actually uh, quite the tournament. And for people that don't know this, um, they actually play uh, their whole entire tournament at the Meadowview Convention Center in Kingsport, Tennessee. Um, it's basically a hotel convention uh, room, and it is quite the setup every year when they go there. Um, the uh, it's just a fun little setup, uh, not a, not a big arena or anything like that, but, uh, um, you know, it's something that union, uh, the Bulldogs have won, uh, eight straight, uh, and they're going, going to go for nine straight this year, which is just an absurd, um, record to, yeah. go, to behold, just to win nine straight uh, tournament titles. Um, so just kind of going to be an interesting team to watch. They, they actually, uh, took over first place or half game up again, uh, with a win uh, over this weekend. Um, and Montreal actually hit the road and took a loss. So Montreal was in first. Um, but those two those two teams, you know, are, are battling for first right now. And, um, you know, even right behind them, you know, if these two teams with, with four or five games to go, yeah. um, you know, if they, if they, you know, end up having to falter a game or two here, they're, they're going to allow a big group right behind them to jump back in the mix. But for now, it's Union and Montreal. Um, but you got some teams like True McConnell and Reinhardt who are on a little bit of a hot streak themselves. Um, and they're climbing the ladder a little bit. And then you got a, a tough Tennessee Wesleyan team who, uh, you know, was receiving votes in the top 25 just, uh, you know, two polls ago. So, uh, you know, it, it's one of those tournaments where, you know, with a 13-team field, you would think that it's up for grabs, but uh, Union seems like they just uh, have dominated this. So it's hard to hard to say that, you know, no, no matter what seed they end up, you would think that they're still the favorite to, to win the tournament. Right, yeah, and I think you bring up a good point where there's a log jam here, right? There's like seven teams that are really, really all kind of right there. And so the slightest slip-up really can kind of cost you. So teams got to stay strong. Union obviously has to stay strong and consistent. 
and kind of hold on, hold on to this thing, right? So it all comes down to these next few weeks. And, and these leagues that are so tightly contested, I think is where you're just going to see a ton of noise, a ton of excitement here as teams are really, really trying to make their final push. Yeah, and it's just a uh... – you know we're we're gonna we're gonna get deeper into our conversations once brackets are actually officially released, and we'll have an episode for that. So I don't want to get too much into the tournaments and, and things like that. More focus on the on the conference standings. But you know this is the as we look at seeding. You know when you have a big group like that and matchups are gonna matter, you could go from a three to like a seven yeah. or eight really really quick, and, and just with a bad week, you know and. Um, so you, you definitely this time of year have to be you know paying attention or not paying attention, but you have to be on high alert. You have to be focused and ready to go every game. Uh, uh, and I looked at some of these schedules. Some of these teams have have some massive road games coming up. You know that uh, against teams that are really really good at home. So uh, the pay attention to the, you know AAC standings. You know we talk about the the West Coast teams. You know sometimes don't get a lot of love, but um, you know Union's not too far away from from a Division Two national championship. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, they're, they're a team that, uh, can, can click it or can, or they're used to winning their program that are used to winning, uh, and just a team to watch out for, but anybody in this league right now, um, you know, they're going to be, end up being a two bid league. So, uh, the way they end up doing their auto bids, uh, the regular season champions. So that's why it's so important to win the regular season. Um, and then their second auto bid is, uh, going to be the regular season, uh, runner up if the team that wins it ends up winning the tournament as well. So, just something to watch out for um, in the Appalachian Athletic. Again, you know, neutral site. So um, anybody's ball game and uh, looking forward to that tournament as well. So um, then we move on to more a more interesting uh, league. We got uh, the Cow Pack. Um, just kind of a different year, obviously, in the Cow Pack. Just because last year they finished the year with two teams. They ended up uh, playing a best of three series. Actually, I think they've had four teams finish the year, but uh, – you know, Ben Mesa out of Arizona and, and uh, St. Catherine ended up playing a best of three series uh, for the right to earn that auto bid. Um, but this year, they're actually going to have a tournament. Um, they're going to end up they, – they're actually a league that uh, has three divisions inside their league. Um, and I believe it's the top two teams that end up going into uh, their tournament, their conference tournament, and then they play a six-team field from there. So um, it's actually hosted by Antelope Valley, uh, who's actually been the, the – uh, the cream of the crop out in that league. They, they've kind of been uh, holding the throne for a while um, as far as uh, just being dominant out there, but they've not had a great year. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, as the Cal Pack uh, tournament starts to, to take shape, you know, where some of these teams go. And like I said, there's three divisions inside this league. Um, it's the, we got the North, uh, which is going to be right now. Uh, it's Simpson is Simpson, California is winning that one. Uh, they're half game up over Cal Maritime. Again, you know, being the top two in those leagues is, is where or in the division is going to be very, very important. Uh, so they have both those two teams have some separation um, over UC Merced. And then you got in the south, you got St. Catherine. Uh, and then that, like I said, Antelope Valley looming there uh, two games back. Uh, and then you got a Westcliff team. Uh, there's two and a half games right back right now back that, uh, um, you know, I'm sure that most of these teams in the Cow Pack are hoping Westcliff can overtake Antelope Valley because, uh, Antelope Valley at Antelope Valley is going to be tough to beat. So, um, and then you got the Arizona League, which is Ben Mesa is is winning that one right now, and they're four games up over Park. So, going to be interesting to kind of see how this uh, tournament plays out. But uh, um, you know, just one of those unique leagues that uh, you know is a little bit spread out, but they're going to have a sixteen field, and uh, they're going to actually uh, have have a uh, 
or we're going to see what's two bid, two auto bids, you know, it's a tournament champion, the tournament runner up. So it'll be interesting to see how that shapes out. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. You look at these standings and just looking at games played, right. There's such a wide kind of margin between some of these teams where Antelope Valley plays 25 games. And then you got La Sierra at the bottom there who's only played 15. And so I think it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out, what the numbers behind that prove to be, where if you play more games, does that, you know, give you more experience? Does that make you more, more seasoned as you get into post-season play? Or, you know, is it, does it hurt you? So it'll be interesting to see kind of what the numbers show as this conference shakes out. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, moving into uh, a league that uh, we kind of prefaced it uh, in the opener, but uh, several of these leagues, you know, took a took a bit of a turn this weekend. And, and I'm not saying that anybody was, was going to lock this up. Oregon Tech uh, had been playing some great basketball. Um, they end up losing the College of Idaho, I believe, last week uh, to tighten the gap a little bit. And then uh, with their loss to Corbin um, on Saturday and then a weekend sweep for College of Idaho, uh, College of Idaho is now in first place out in the in the Cascade. The Cascade's always been a, uh, especially when it was a Division II tournament, they've always been a powerhouse league um, with Oregon Tech and College of Idaho. Uh, both those teams are are very, very good. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how this one shapes out. And this is one of those leagues that, you know, only eight teams out of 12 are going to qualify. Um, so you got you got some teams that are, you know, it's not just the top part of the bracket. You have to watch to see who wins the tournament. Um, but it's also some of these teams that are on the borderline of, of uh, you know, whether they're going to make the playoffs or not. So um, it's going to game, make games uh, in the Cascade. They're always always competitive and fun. But uh, um, you got teams that are that are trying to, you know, extend their season. And so you're going to see some teams that are going to uh, be fighting for, for playoff spots, you know, just to make the, the Cascade tournament. So um, going to be an interesting last couple of weeks. Um, they are a two-bid league. Um, they, you know, we'll see if they get more than two or not. Uh, but with their auto bids, it's the regular season champion. Um, and then they have the tournament champion as well, but it's the second place uh, in the regular season who will advance if the same team wins both. So going to be an interesting two weeks uh, out in the Cascade. Uh, moving over to uh, a league that uh, I don't think that you know much about, but uh, the Chicago Land. Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> one of those tournaments that uh, all 15 teams are going to qualify for. And, uh, Three bid league, so uh, you know one of those. Uh, you know, as the regular season continues going on, um, it's something we've talked about a little bit on here, and we kind of go a little bit more into it. But uh, with, with two teams running away with it, all of it, Nazarene. You know, uh, it was one of our games of the week, but all of it, Nazarene, uh, going on, being going on the road and beating IU South Bend uh, this week. Um, they're sitting pretty to win the regular season title now, uh, as long as they don't have any mishaps here in the next two weeks. Uh, but basically, them and, and so the top, they're. Uh, auto bid the first auto bid is for the regular season champion uh, the second auto bid is for the regular season runner-up so that regular season runner-up position is very very important as well and IU South Bend looks to be pretty comfortable in that one as well uh, but then you uh, turn around and where things get interesting in this league Pat and I know that uh, you're very very a kid that you didn't know much about the league but you you uh, being right there in the thick of things out there that third uh, spot in the CCAC is going to be very very interesting to watch Right, yeah, and I think you have so many teams that are, like, so close there, right, where they're all kind of at the same level, the talent level is the same, kind of, you know, you put the teams on paper and they look pretty similar. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially with all the teams getting in, 
who who kind of comes away with that third spot. I think, you know, it really, really is up for grabs. I, I could see a team like IUSB or maybe even, I don't know, all of that really has been really, really good all year. But I could see some some tournament, conference tournament shakeup um, and a little bit of drama as far as who comes away and makes some noise in, in that conference tournament. I just think there's so many teams that are really, really close to hitting their stride that you might see, you know, some surprises out of there. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, you know, I, I probably – I'm going to mention it because it's, it's a, a crazy situation from last year because they weren't really a true 15 seed. But because of uh, COVID and everything uh, last year, uh, IU South Bend actually won the season right. tournament from the 15 spot. Uh, there's some controversy, I know, uh, with some of the coaches <laughs> behind that last year. But, uh, you know, it's also one of those situations where um, – you know, anybody can win the CCAC tournament. Now they were, they uh, didn't play enough games. And so that's why they got the 15 seed last year. If they would have played a full slate, they definitely would have been probably a, a top three or four seed um, in that league. But uh, if not, you know, the conference champion last year, uh, but you know, you're sitting around and uh, you know, do we get another, all of it, IU South Bend tournament championship game? Because those have been pretty uh, crazy the last two years. Yeah, it was but, a thriller uh, last year. Yeah. Yep. And, and we'll, we'll get to, once we get the bracket out, we can dive into that more, uh, a little bit more, but uh, you know, the, the reason why we're, we're so uh, adamant about the, the third spot here is because if all of it, if we go to the tournament and uh, that third auto bid, uh, you know, goes to the tournament champion. Well, if it's, if IU South Bend or all of it, Nazarene ends up winning the uh, conference tournament as well. Now, whoever goes and whoever's in that third place, that three seed, um, is going to get an auto bid to the national tournament. So that's going to be one of those things where, you know, they may not be fighting for a conference championship. You know, there there was just four or five games left. You know, and being down three or four games, they're you know they're they're probably not fighting for being down four games. They're not uh, fighting for for a CCAC tournament or a CCAC uh, regular season championship. But man, that three spot, you know, between IU Northwest, St. Xavier, um, and even a right. Roosevelt team who's who's played some good ball. Um, and they're they're just two games back of IU Northwest right now. Um, but you know, especially that IU Northwest, St. Xavier, uh, those two, uh, you know, if, if one of those gets the three spot, uh, just kind of figuring out where that is gonna be is gonna be very, very interesting. If I got to be commissioner of the NAI for a day and all of it and IUSB both made it to the conference tournament, that third bid would go somewhere else it would just go out of the ccac if i was commissioner for the day give it to somebody else but i digress <laughs> i uh that's a di- whole different battle we can maybe talk about <laughs> that uh, in another episode too but I, i'm not a big fan of anybody having three uh, auto bids i think uh you know I, I i have a tough time even with two auto bids yeah. but uh you know it is what it is and uh, maybe we'll see some reform here coming up but i doubt it so uh but yeah no it's just uh one of those leagues you're gonna have to watch uh and it's it's one of those leagues that maybe uh, you know the the conference championship game is uh, not uh, or the conference title might be uh, locked up with all of it, um, but we still have some fun stuff to to look out for as far as uh, teams that uh, are fighting for jockeying for some uh, seeding right now. So it'll be fun. And uh, so now jumping in uh, to what was formerly uh, as the independent league, and uh, now in their first year, um, they're calling it the uh, Continental athletic conference and so uh still same format it's kind of a interesting uh league just because while they do play some quote-unquote conference games uh they don't actually have a conference schedule so 
you know, when we talk about, you know, a lot of these leagues playing each other, um, you know, two times a year or, or, you know, if you're a bigger league, maybe play uh, one division one time and the other one two or some of these other smaller leagues um, that play, you know, like the frontier that we're going to get to here in a little bit, will play each other three times in a year. Um, the, the continental is a little bit uh, unique where uh, they don't actually have a conference schedule. Um, and then they actually have a coaching. I forget what the actual name of it is, but it's kind of a coaching um, committee uh, that gets together and, and will select eight of the 15 teams uh, to qualify for the CAC tournament. Um, this year is going to be hosted in a uh, new member, actually a, a former NEI member who uh, left for a couple of years and now is back in their first year. Um, and when you're, when you do that, when you leave the NEI and you come back, uh, you're, you're immediately eligible uh, to play in the postseason. So Iowa Wesleyan will be hosting uh, the CAC tournament this year. Um, they are a two-bid league uh, into the national tournament. It'll be their tournament champion and their tournament runner-up. So really, uh, you know, a lot of the – just because they don't have a conference schedule, uh, they don't obviously do anything with the conference champion. Uh, there isn't really a conference champion through there. Uh, they will see the team uh, through that committee and elect the eight teams to go. Uh, I would be hard – uh, or I would be very shocked if Florida College is not one of those uh, two auto bid teams. Um, they are a team that uh, came over or came, you know, down or whatever you want to say from the uh, Southern States Athletic Conference, who you know we know uh, is a loaded uh, group. Uh, but they have left the the Southern States League and they are now in, as an independent school, um, and they've been playing, playing uh, not just a tough schedule, but uh, they're, they're sitting uh, pretty right now, uh, just with three losses on the year. So. Uh, it'll be interesting who kind of comes out of that tournament in, in a little bit different setup like we've been talking for me leagues where uh, the tournament is everything in this league. So it's a tournament champion and tournament runner-up who will qualify for the national tournament, um, but not a lot to talk about on the uh, regular season standings uh, perspective. So jumping uh, you know, right back into the Crossroads uh, League, you know, it, it is amazing. Uh, I'm sure you saw it over the weekend uh, with Indiana Wesleyan winning – uh, yet another uh, game, their, their sixth top 25 win of the season um, when they defeated Grace. Um, but just a team that, uh, you know, they now have won 23 straight Crossroad League uh, regular season games. That's a new Crossroads League record. Um, and just for a power conference like that to win 23 straight games is just unbelievable what they've been doing. Um, you know, we've talked about it several times on the episode, uh, what they've done in the absence of, of Kyle Mangus and just to – um, you know, I, I think that they're actually a really balanced team this year. You know, I, I know Maxwell's been been really playing well this year, but uh, just a balanced group is playing really, really well, great basketball. So well coached. Um, but yeah, they're gonna they're uh, like I said, I think they've they've I'm pretty sure with the tiebreakers. Uh, I, I sorry if I misspoke for anybody uh, in the Crossroads League that uh, <laughs> uh, you know is gonna gonna DM us about. Uh, well, don't count us out for the tournament. Yes, I'm sorry. I hope. Uh, Sorry if I my math's not always great. Um, just like when I, you know, when I type up articles, uh, my English isn't always great. Um, but you know, it's just what we're trying to do the best we can. Uh, but if my math is correct, they've locked up. Uh, they should have locked up the one seed. If not, they're one win away, so they just need one win over the next uh, three games. I think they have left, or four games they have left. So uh, Indiana Wesleyan uh, should be the one seed, and they should get the the first auto bid uh, for the regular season champion. Um, and then behind them, uh, Pat. There's just a, a slew of got sure. a slew of teams here that uh, uh, you know they still have to go through Indiana Wesleyan at Indiana Wesleyan in Lucky Arena, which is no easy task. Uh, 
that's why the you know I'm sure they're going to get three or four teams in. So this may be you know this talk may be irrelevant anyway. We can dissect it a little bit more and we actually see a tournament bracket. Um, but as far as the regular season goes, um, there's always going to be great games in the uh, regular season. Uh, it's not going to they're not going to be any short of, of great games here the next two weeks either. Um, but just going to be kind of uh, see seating wise, uh, you know who who filters in there through the two uh, or after the sorry filters in uh, as, as only eight teams, eight of the 10 teams are going to qualify um, and just kind of seeing where those, those teams are seated. And it's going to be very, very important. Right. Yeah. Cause we saw it this weekend where Huntington knocked off St. Francis. And so I think it's just going to be, you know, so interesting there where obviously Mary and St. Francis and Grace have really kind of separated themselves as, as the top three below Indiana Wesleyan, but who, you know, I, you don't want to, you know, rule out Mount Vernon. And so it's just, and really Bethel here could make kind of a late run at it. We saw it last year with Cruz. And, and so can they kind of, you know, find their rhythm? I think they've struggled all year long, but, it, you know, they still have players there. They still have some really experienced guys on Bethel's roster. So can they continue to kind of make strides? And going yeah, back right. to Wesleyan winning 23 league games in a row, I don't think people really understand just how difficult that is to do just to, especially in a league like the like the crossroads it's just truly truly remarkable and credit to that program credit to coach Tonigle, just you know night in and night out ready to compete ready to play that is that is really really tough to do yeah coach Tonigle, you know also one of the greatest coaches in the nei you know for a reason and uh always has guys ready to go and um you know, just to just to kind of talk about the regular season a little bit, you know, and, and that's kind of that's been our focus here. But, uh, you know, the one thing I actually am looking forward to here, um, you know, you talk about Huntington coming off a, a big win over over uh, St. Francis this past weekend. Now, you know, you got a team in Huntington that maybe maybe in the mix for, a, you know, get a fifth team in there, you know, their resume, you know, they got to continue building on that resume. And but, you know, if they can pull off, you know, maybe they they can uh pull off a couple more wins here, uh, big wins here uh, to finish the regular season. And then if they make a deep run in the, in the national tournament, right. maybe they are a team like Bethel that they kind of got hot at the right time last year. And they were kind of a, a bubble rider um, the entire, you know, last few weeks uh, of last year, even. Um, and then they obviously went on a deep run, a big run and uh, not just that in their league tournament, but uh, at the national tournament as well. So um, yeah, you know, uh, just going to be interesting. You know, keep an eye on out on that Huntington team because I do think that they're sitting on the bubble right now, and just be kind of interesting to see what they do over the next two weeks. But a big, big win this weekend to to help uh, boost that that uh, bubble resume. You know, quote unquote bubble resume. You know, I don't want to, yeah. I don't know what's trademarked and all that. I, I got to be careful. But uh, yeah, Joel yeah, Lamar's you know, gonna come knocking on your door. Watch out. Yep, the, the NCA. <laughs> you know, they're they're so money hungry. They, they can have the whole $5 in my bank account. So, uh, but uh, no, you know, it's just one of those things, uh, storylines to, to kind of watch and see, see as we uh, go on. But uh, uh, we kind of alluded to this next league a little bit earlier, uh, but uh, the Frontier uh, Conference is, uh, you know, it's one of those leagues and, and I, and we, we've tried to warn people. So I hope, I hope the, the people that we do have that are avid listeners, uh, not only do I want to say thank you for being avid listeners, but uh Hopefully some of the coaches that are listening, um, you know, I, I don't know how many more times a, a team from the frontier can, can sneak up at the national tournament, you know, and uh, obviously everybody's heard of Carroll already um, and they're having a good year again. 
Um, they made a big deep run last year after kind of being uh, uh, sneaking their, I don't want to say sneaking their way in the tournament, but they uh, had a big year last year. Uh, uh, they got hot at the right time again. And then uh, Nash tournament, uh, um, they kind of did what Carroll does. Carroll, Carroll's always, always good in the tournament. So um, just a team to watch there. But uh team I want to watch, or team I want to uh, pay a, a little bit of respect to is uh, this Montana Tech team with Sindhu Diallo. And um, Sindhu is a kid that we've been talking about for the last two years. You know, I, I get on these, uh, um, you know, kicks with it where I start to watching kids and I, I talk about them a lot just because uh, I enjoy watching play. And I think there's a lot of athletic, you know, people will always talk about NEI, you know, and, and the level of play, but there's a lot of athletic uh, players across NEI. Yeah. And, and Sindhu Diallo, um, his dunk mixtape for this year is going to be insane. And it is, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's not to, you know, it's not the jump over top of person, the type of dunks, but uh, they are, they are powerful. They are athletic. And just as a guard, uh, he is so explosive and fun to watch. And, and a player like that, you know, it, it, he can, he can will this Montana tech team to a deep, deep run. And, and maybe a team that people haven't really paid attention to because they just jumped to the top 25 for the first time this year um, in the last polls um, this, this week, when the new polls come out, they're going to be another, they're going to be a team that's uh going to stay in there and probably climb uh, the ladder some. So uh, just a, a team to kind of watch out of there. And then the Frontier Tournament always gets gets uh, interesting, Pat, because, you know, I mentioned that everybody plays each other three times uh, in the regular season. Well, then when you add that into the conference tournament, you're seeing a team for the fourth time. Um, and that is just That's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, it's just one of those things where any – I don't care if you're the number one team in the country and you're playing – the worst team in the league. When, you, when you're playing a team for the fourth time, it is, it can, anything can happen. I mean, it just shakes it up that much different because, you know, you, not just, you, you don't just get the tiredness of, of beating somebody for the third, you know, for a fourth time in a row or whatever it is, but just one of those things where four games against the same opponent is just crazy things happen. Right. Yeah. And it's, it will be really easy to sleepwalk into that fourth matchup, right? Where it's like, you got to be on, you got to be ready. But I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll put you in perspective of a, a player here where, you know, if, if you draw a team like Montana Tech or Carroll in the national tournament, and you, you go to the website and you see, oh, this team only has six teams in their conference. Surely they haven't played anybody. Surely, you know, I think that's what makes these teams so dangerous is teams just naturally overlook them where it's like, okay. And if you're Montana Tech, you're like, all right, that's fine, right? Yeah, bring it on. And so I, I think teams, like you said it, have to be on high alert for, for teams out of the frontier when it comes to the national tournament. Yeah, just a lot of teams, you know, and they – I will give the West Coast a lot of credit. They've uh, – a lot of these teams have started to try to play um, earlier games on the weekends. And, and uh, you know, uh, I think – I wonder if that was a little bit of purposely – you know, purposeful behind uh, that because – or, sorry, I wonder if that was a little bit of intentional um, behind that because, um, you know, people do – you know, because a lot of them play so late at night on the weekdays, uh, a lot of people don't watch them play. And so maybe this gives an opportunity, um, you know, for them to be a little bit more or a little bit more seen, you know, across the country. So um, hopefully, you know, teams are, are paying attention because the Frontier is, is a, a good league. Um, they've, you know, they as a Division One uh, program uh, going into, uh, you know, before we uh, combined last year into one division. Um, you know, they've always made uh, deep runs with Carroll and Lois and Clark State before Lois and Clark State uh, joined the Cascade. But um, two two programs there that just have rich tradition. Um, and now you got uh, even, a, even a Montana Tech team that's just super good as well. So 
Um, just an interesting league uh, to watch out for. And, and as we get closer to tournament time, and um, not just the Frontier Conference tournament, when we get the, the seedings for the national tournament and have our national tournament preview show, um, I have a feeling that uh, we'll be talking about uh, a couple of these Frontier teams some more. So keeping this this uh, train moving here, uh, moving to the, the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference and the, the GCAC. And, you know, it's just one of those interesting leagues. Uh, you know, they have six teams in it. Uh, I won't get into the whole drama that, uh, that this league had a little bit this year, but they were able to talk Edward Waters into staying. Uh, Edward Waters is uh, – um, trying to go Division Two, they were they were going to spend uh, the year as an independent uh, in the in the CAC, um, but the GCAC was able to keep them in for this year, and then they're adding teams. Uh, they're adding three new teams next year to the league. So, um, just a league that uh, you know uh, a lot of HBCUs. Uh, it's HBCU league, um, so I'm glad to see uh, they're they're going to be adding and growing uh, next year, um, just because I think it's an important league uh, for for the NEI to have, but. Uh, uh, right now, you know, you got uh, a traditional powerhouse team in Tougaloo, um, who's sitting at the top at three and one. Um, and then you got uh, maybe a, a team that people aren't so familiar with, and, and a Flanner Smith team that, uh, um, you know, they're they're a team that, you know, depending on where you, they end up in place, if they can win it, win the uh, as a one bid league, you know, the the winner uh, they'll, they'll probably only get one team in. They will only get one team in um, to the national tournament, but. Uh, uh, so Philander Phil- will have to actually win the GCAC tournament, uh, but just kind of a team that maybe uh, is a little bit more athletic, a little bit better than and people may notice or may know, um, but people don't pay attention to. Uh, I'm not saying that they can go and, and make a deep run, but maybe they can surprise a team or two. So um, just going to be an interesting team to watch uh, out of the GCAC here. So, Right. And, and you look at this league and you talked about it earlier, but, seeding here down the stretch is going to be ultra important. So teams have to be focused and ready to finish the season strong where you've, you've said that one bad week takes you from, you know, a, a three to a seven or in this, in the case of this league, maybe, you know, a two to a four or whatever it might be. So teams got to be ready. They got to be, you know, finish here. Yeah. And a lot of these teams, I mean, people are going to look and they don't have good records. I mean, they just, they play a lot of non-conference games that, uh, um, you know, they get beat up on a little bit. So, uh, just gonna be interesting to see. Um, probably, uh, uh, you know, majority of it's gonna be between Philander and, and Tougaloo. Um, but uh, just gonna be interesting to see who uh, comes out of GCAC this year, um, and then just to see if they can, uh, you know, because you have the the Talladegas of the world that left the league and Xavier that left the league last year, um, you know, that, that have had some had a little bit of success at the NASH tournament. Um, now you got to see, you know, if they can start to treat or start getting some new traditions in the league. Um, with some of these teams that have been around and, uh, you know, maybe carry the torch a little bit. So, um, you know, moving on, though, to a, uh, a league is just uh, – I don't want to say is shocking, um, but uh, – let me let me rephrase that. Uh, moving on to a, another league here, Pat, uh, uh, in the GPAC, the Great Plains Athletic Conference. Uh, you know, this is a league – they may end up with six teams in just because, like, they don't have anybody that's, like – you know, with Briarcliff winning the league right now, um, you know they don't have a top ten team in the league. Uh, even though Briarcliff's sitting at top or sitting at the size of top twenty five and number twenty five right now, um, but you know the Jamestowns and the Northwesterns and the Morningside this year um, that are your traditional top ten teams are uh, they struggled a little bit uh, uh, midway through the season. Jamestowns kind of rebound a little bit. They're now back to third place in the in the G Pack right now. Um, you know, closing that gap a little bit, but it, it's still Briarcliff. It, and Concordia out of Nebraska, uh, that looks like one of those two teams, uh, 
uh, may end up winning the regular season title. Um, but just a league that, uh, you know, they have, a, they may not have that team that is a top 10 team right now, uh, but they're going to have probably six teams that are inside that field of 64. Cause they're just right on top of each other, you know, as like fringe top 25 type teams. Um, and, and when I say fringe top 25 teams, that doesn't mean they can't make a deep run in the national tournament. Uh, we saw plenty of fringe top 25 teams uh, last year uh, qualify uh, for Kansas city. So um, just a league that, uh, you know, it's deep. Um, it is very good still, even though they may not have the, the traditional teams that are inside the top, top 10, um, a league that I definitely want to think that uh, teams should take lightly when they are matched up here and got to come to the tournament. Right. And you think about these tradition-rich programs that, you know, have experience at the national tournament. And this really, in my opinion, is where, where coaching comes into a massive play, where coaches that have been to the national tournament that know – what it takes to win there, that know how to prepare, that know how to get their team comfortable for a trip there, and just get everything ready. I think you'll see teams like that that just have that experience really, really find some success. Yes, their record might, you know, not jump out on you. They might not be ranked, whatever it might be. But they're, t- they're teams that have had players that have made it to the national tournament. They're, they're coached by coaches that have made it to the national tournament. So those, to me, in my opinion, are, are teams that are really, really dangerous. Yeah, and even even just to talk about a, a team that, uh, you know, a, a Morningside team that, uh, um, you know, they've been playing without All-American Trey Brown for a while. He's, he's a 6'8 big man, uh, um, you know, that's big big uh, part of, of what they do offensively. And even though they got a first-year coach, uh, you know, a uh, first-year head coach, um, just because uh, – or, sorry, just because they got a first-year head coach this year, um, they still have returned every single player uh, from last year's team that uh, made a deep run into the uh, final eight teams of the, of the year last year. So um, just a, a program, uh, you know, that is used to winning. Um, just going to be interesting to see them, especially if they get Trey Brown back. They lost quite a few games without him, but, you know, they're a completely different team with him. And so you get a team kid like that back, um, you're, you're a completely different team. And, you know, it's what we kind of talk about sometimes. You know, you may look at a team like uh, Morningside that, um, if they can, if they can find a way to make the national tournament, and they're sitting at and right now, they're sitting at twelve and nine overall. Uh, but they get Trey Brown back, you know, all of a sudden that twelve and nine team's really probably, uh, you know, <laughs> they're surprising that a uh, team that's maybe fifteen and twenty in the country. You know, you don't, you don't know, but you know, Trey Brown makes a big difference in that for that team. Yeah, it, that's it, right? You experienced players, skilled players. Yeah, they can get him back. It just changes the dynamic, right? And, yes, it's on the court, but it's also just kind of the morale within the team, right? Okay, we got our guy back, right? And now we really, really roll. And I think you you brought up a good point earlier where teams, you know, there's two weeks left in the regular season but still have a chance with a one-week conference tournament to really kind of, you know, show what they can do and show who they are. Yep. And so, yeah, two-bid league. Uh, the first auto bid is the regular season champion. Uh, their second one is actually – uh, the tournament champion with the regular season runner-up uh, if both the, if the team wins the regular season and the tournament championship. So moving on, uh, you know, another league that gets a lot of love from us, we enjoy it a lot, is the uh, Golden State Athletic Conference uh, out of the California and Arizona. Uh, just a league that, you know, Jessup's holding on. Uh, but you got an Arizona Christian team that, that is no slouch to winning either. Um, they're sitting half game back right now. Um, and then you even got a, a tough hope international team uh, that's a game and a half back right now. But, uh, you know, as we start closing in here, uh, the GSAC's going to be a fun one to watch because I think 
personally, they get four or five teams into the national tournament. And I've seen a, I've seen a GSAC before where the fifth team uh, in GSAC made the, the five, four. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, just a deep league, it's always a good league. And um, I, it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, as these play out, you know, you got to, you got an Ottawa, Arizona team that's creeping up the standings, you know, that could be a Division One earlier on the year. Now they're sitting fourth in the league. And uh, you got a Vanguard and uh, the Masters, you know, two traditional powerhouse uh, teams. Vanguard's uh, been in the Kansas City several times, won a national championship. Um, you got the Masters, who's always super talented and make, makes deep runs. Uh, you've got a Westmont team down there, you know, that uh, maybe having a bad year this year, but uh, used to winning as well. So um, just a league that just is so, so good. Um, just going to be interesting to kind of see these last two weeks, not just to, uh, if, you know, it's probably going to be between William, Justin, Arizona Christian for the, for the title, but, uh, uh, who kind of fans are behind that? Because I really think that if you can finish in the top, you know, maybe four, probably four for sure, but even the, maybe the fifth team in this league, um, is going to be a bubble team and maybe have a shot at getting in. Right. Yeah. And I think this, in my opinion, has probably been the most exciting league, uh, you know, all season long, just as far as matchups go, as far as standings go, I think. You've seen some, you know, obviously William Jessup kind of holds strong over the course of the season, but it's just been exciting. They've had exciting weekends, and I expect nothing less for the conference tournament. And I think that's it, right? You might see this team really kind of make some noise in the national tournament. They, they're going to get some teams in. They're going to have exciting games. Um, I, just, I just really, really think these teams out west are going to surprise some people. So William Jessup and Arizona Christian, I think you'll see – probably duke it out for the championship, but I wouldn't be surprised, right? You said it, those, these traditional powerhouses kind of make some noise and make a run at it. So exciting to see kind of how the GSAC plays out. Yeah, any, anybody can beat anybody out there. And, uh, you know, the, the all 10 teams, uh, this is the league we talked about a little bit. Uh, uh, they changed their format to get everybody into the, the tournament this year. Um, so far, it is only a one-year thing where they're going to do that. Uh, but this year, the tournament is hosted uh, by Hope International. Um, that's another big key for their Hope. Uh, I, I think they're in the NAS tournament anyway, but um, just a team, you know, when you can host the, the entire tournament at your place, um, you got an advantage, and, and Hope's uh, been pretty good at home this year. So um, going to be going to be a, a interesting last two weeks to uh, see who wins the, the GSEC title, but also um, who claims the, the two auto bids. Uh, um, like I said, probably a four- or five-bid team or four- or five-bid league. Uh, but it is a two auto bid, auto bid league. Um, and so just see how that plays out. It's going to be interesting. So uh, moving over, though, uh, to the heart of America, another league um, that uh, probably has, uh, like we said, uh, uh, been locked up. Uh, it's not fully locked up. Uh, William Penn does have to win one more game to uh, clinch. They've clinched at least a share of the, of the title. Um, and I just want to say, you know, it's, it's they've joined the league. Uh, they, they were actually one of those teams that made the move from Division Two to Division One. Uh, seven years ago, they joined the Heart of America, and all they've done since they joined the Heart, which you know used to be a national power, it's it's a little bit down here as a late. Um, still, I think a really good league. It's also got a um, a league, you know, as we see Rocky Lamar win uh, win number eight hundred, um, you know, in the league. They they have like five or six coaches in the top fifteen and the all times win list, and that's it's just a unbelievable uh, stat, you know, there to to have all those coaches. Uh, uh, maybe because they've been been there a little, you know, a long, long time as well. But, um, you know, also just good coaches that uh, um, in a deep league. And, and like I said, it, it may be a little bit down compared to what it was uh, um, in the past, you know, as far as just like depth wise goes. Uh, but William Penn, you know, uh, winning the league six now, out of, I think the 
tweet said uh, six years. Uh, they've won uh, the conference out of the last seven years they've been in the league. Um, just an impressive run by them as they continue to dominate the, the league. Um, you know, just to go off a little bit of that. So uh, this is actually a three auto bid or three bid league as, as far as auto bids go. Um, just because they do get the regular season uh, champion, uh, the will get the tournament champion or uh, the regular season runner-up. They are in two divisions, uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what the tiebreakers are on that. Um, I did learn a little bit of information today about the heart um, that uh, I was actually wrong on. I thought it was the top four teams in each division uh, were going to be able to, or was who qualified for the heart tournament, but it is actually uh, going to be the three top teams in each division um, and the last two teams that make up the field of eight uh, for the heart tournament will be the next two best records. So um, you probably, it looks like you're going to get five teams from the South uh, division over there into the heart tournament. So it'll just be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but a league, like I said, has been dominated by William Penn here the last couple of years. They also get the host site bid uh, for the national tournament. Um, so just going to be a, a three bid league for sure. Um, I know in our bracketology report, we had a four team getting in. Um, just going to be interesting to see uh, with, with the heart, just kind of how it pans out here. Um, not just because of William Penn, but just the team's field then behind them um, for seed wise, because um, you're going to be, they're going to be fighting off for that host site bid. You just look, you look at the teams that after William Penn and those teams, you know, there's just a, a crazy log jam. there, kind of in the middle. So going to be exciting to see how that plays out. But William Penn, I'll tell you what, this is a team that you know obviously 23 and one on the year 14 and one in the league a team that really just has you know can impose their will right and that's what really good teams do you just you, you look at their scores you look at kind of how they've been consistent with that you know across the board so I'm excited to see them I think this is a team a lot of people are excited to play they've played a hard schedule I mean they came out our way and played in Indiana um, and so this is a team that I think is battle tested a team that's ready to, to make a run into this national tournament. So excited to see how things play out for them. Yeah, that uh, just to kind of finish this one up, that uh, host that bid um, with, with, you know, you got right now, you talked about the log jam. You got five teams or six teams fighting off uh, in the heart south for, for playoff bid. So it'll just be interesting kind of who plays out um, and who gets the host bid uh, for, the, for the heart of America. So moving on to another big league, uh, the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference. Um, they, too, are going to invite all 13 teams uh, to the KCAC tournament. Uh, so their bracket will be a little bit uh, uh, funky as well. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Oklahoma Wesley, you know, this this league is just – I think the, the top four or five teams in this league are, are able to beat anybody. You know, like they're able to beat anybody above them. So, um, you, you know, you've seen uh, Southwestern and Bethel, who are second and third in the league, go to Oklahoma Wesleyan and get the win, um, knock them off on their home court. Uh, the big difference to me, uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan has just been more consistent than the rest of these teams. You know, like they don't lose to the teams that they shouldn't lose to or, or the, you know, they beat the teams that they, you know, that uh, outside of Southwestern Bethel, they beat everybody, you know. So they're sitting at 23-2 and two right now. They're just a team that uh, um, I think they're consistent play. And just the way they play, you know, I don't know if you how much you've watched them play, but, um, you know, they're playing five and five out and they – um, they're not playing their five best players. You know, they're not starting their best five right. best players or mixing them up in that group of 10. And um, just they've, they've kind of found this, this formula that's been working for them. So um, that's a, that's an Oakwood team that, that uh, is playing great basketball. And uh, uh, they're right now, they're two and a half games up 
um, looking like they're going to go ahead and secure that uh, first auto bid uh, out of the KCAC. Um, right behind them, you know, you got a you got a Bethel team that has looked really really good. They got one of the best players in the country in Jalen Scott, um, but they went and uh, lost Southwestern uh, Kansas uh, last week uh, in a big matchup, and uh, and Southwestern was looking really good, and then they turned around and lost this weekend uh, uh, as well. So, um, like I said, Oklahoma Wesleyan's been the more consistent team of the group. Uh, but this is another league. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of who and how many uh, qualify for the national tournament. Um, but right now, these teams like Ottawa and Bethany and Kansas Wesleyan, uh, who have some decent wins on the resume, you know, right now, the, this final stretch during the uh, during the regular season, just climbing as high as you can up the KCAC standings because, um, you know, you want to be the third, fourth best team in the league, and that way you have a better shot at making that national tournament. Right, yeah. And the one thing I think that's really interesting about this league and I think you see this debate a lot where a team like Southwestern has played 26 games. 20 of them have been conference games. And I don't know how you feel about that, but I'd like to see a little bit more non-conference play. Um, I think that's maybe too many league games, but yeah, little bit, I, you know, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm with you, man. I, I know a lot of people around the country, uh, you know, and, and I know next year it's going to be even tighter with uh, – the new rules right, uh, the schedule, yeah. Yeah, the new, it's coming down from, from the guarantee games amount. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, we talked about some of these coaches that come on and, and how tough playing a conference game is night in, night out. And these guys play more conference games than almost anybody in the country, I believe. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see with them, uh, um, you know, it, it's helped them in the last couple of years. They, you know, obviously had two teams uh, in the Sweet 16 last year with Oklahoma Wesleyan and Bethel. Um, and just kind of seeing if they, uh, you know, the grind of the season, you know, if they can continue pushing through here um, as, as, the, as the conference tournament starts up and then as the national tournament uh, is right around the corner as well. Yeah, moving on to the, the Mid-South, uh, just another league that uh, this past weekend, um, boy, it, it made uh, it made uh, things very, very interesting. But uh, uh, just a little bit of background, the Mid- Mid-South is a power, national power. It's one of those leagues you know a lot of the thing i love about the nei is that uh, you see a lot of the national power national powerhouse leagues um and they kind of rotate you know we talked about the the heart used to be one and, and they're not you know as much anymore even though i still think it's a good league um you know you got mid-south who's been pretty consistent here as of late uh, um so consistent in fact that uh, the last two national titles uh that have been played because uh, of the covid year we didn't have one um were both won by a mid-south team um, and then they've also played in four of the past five. So um, just a, a powerhouse league um, is going to be unbelievable to watch uh, these last couple of weeks. Uh, Thomas Moore and Georgetown are going to play each other uh, one more time. And right now, uh, Thomas Moore with their loss this weekend um, in Georgetown, uh, now on a five-game win streak. Uh, Georgetown's crept in to just a half game back of Thomas Moore. So, um, hold hold on to your seatbelts because it's yeah. going to be a, a a fun little journey on on two uh, two teams I think in Thomas Moore and Georgetown that uh, um, you could you could end up seeing in the Fab Four. Right. Yeah. And I think you know for the most part, if you had to you know shake an eight ball or whatever, you know who's going to win some of these conference tournaments. This one I think is really really up for grabs. So if you want, if you're new to the NAIA game or whatever, you want a circle of conference tournaments to watch circle this one because this one is going to be high level ultra competitive and just you know knock down drag out type conference tournament so excited to see how it all unfolds obviously thomas moore 
and Georgetown are going to go head to head, but going to be really, really interesting. I mean, you look at a team like Shawnee State, like, don't be surprised to see them kind of make some noise. So, who knows what's going to happen here? Yeah, yeah, such a such a good league and the two bid two bid league in the national tournament. Um, they do have the uh, regular season champion um, and the tournament champion, and and unlike some of the other leagues, uh, their uh, tournament runner up is actually going to uh, be the second bid if the tournament champion and the regular season champion are the same team. So, um, a little bit of, of mix up there, um, but uh, yeah, deep league. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see in the national tournament here, um, or sorry, as we finish these last two weeks up here in the league, uh, just kind of who we get seated where. And uh, um, like we just saw uh, Cumberland's team, who's sitting at 15 and 10 overall, 9 and 8 in, in mid-south play, uh, uh, just get a big win this weekend against Thomas Moore. So uh, just a, a deep league that uh, um, I do think Thomas Moore and Georgetown are probably the two best teams in the league, uh, but definitely uh, anybody uh, behind them can can win the mid-south tournament. So it'll be a fun one. But uh uh, moving over uh, into the the North Star, another league that uh, my guy Jake Palmer, uh, you know he uh, he always tells me, you know uh, the the North Star may not be the best uh, league in, in the country, but it is by it may be by far the most interesting league uh, in the country because <laughs> right now we're entering the last two weeks of the of the North Star play. Right now they have six teams, uh, just two games apart from one another. They have two teams tied for first. And then you got this pesky little Mayville State team who just kind of always seems to to lurk and be there uh, for, for a North Star title. Um, they're sitting just a game back uh, right now um, in, in third place. So it's going to be, be a, a fun two weeks in this league, um, another league that maybe doesn't get talked about as much as, as some of the other leagues. Um, and they don't currently have anybody in the top 25 or in the receiving votes category. Um, but, uh, you know, a league that, uh, you know, you may end up getting a, a Bellevue or, or a Turbo team, uh, um, you know, maybe maybe they win, maybe they don't, but they're out maybe for somebody just because of the style of play like they like to play. So um, just going to be an interesting couple weeks here with six teams uh, within two games of one another. Uh, they are a one big one bid league. Um, their regular season doesn't matter as much as their auto bid is actually their tournament champion. So, um, you know, with, with six teams uh, within a game of each other, uh, that conference tournament could be very, very exciting. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about how do teams play enough league games? Do they not? You look at a team like Bellevue, who's played 11 conference games, 26 games total, and it has played a, a pretty decent schedule. So if they go on to – I mean, this is a team that's tested, right? If they go on to win, you know, the conference tournament, this is a team that's played, you know, teams from different leagues. They've seen different styles of play. So a team, you know, that, that really has kind of put themselves in a position to, you know, give themselves a chance in the national tournament. Yeah. And, and the one thing that's interesting about this league and, and uh, Jake, Jake always reminds me of it too. And, you know, with Viterbo as the one or two uh, seed right now, uh, these last two weeks are going to be very interesting because I can tell you right now with, they, with them having eight teams that are going to make the, the conference tournament, they're going to have the first opening round game of their tournament is at the higher seed or the better seed. So can you imagine going from going, like if one of the Dakota teams yeah. has to go all the way out to Viterbo, Wisconsin, or out to Viterbo and play in Wisconsin, and then their actual final four, uh, conference final four, is hosted at the Watertown Civic Arena in Watertown, South Dakota, uh, just like two days later. So <laughs> You know, you can end up going. Yeah. You can yeah. you can end up traveling. You know, eight, nine, ten hours 
to go play in Wisconsin. And then basically you're not going home. You're going, you're going straight to Watertown, South Dakota, because, uh, you know, by the time you got away home and then back to Watertown, you're just adding more miles to your trip. So, uh, this is just one of those tournaments that I always like to point out about, about that. Uh, and I know my, I know our guy, Jake, who's been so great at covering the North star for us. Um, you know, he, he likes to remind us that, uh, the travel uh, in that first opening round almost matters as much as uh, that next game in the Fab Four just because you may have a team that has put in, you know, 16, 17 hours of travel time just to go to two different sites to play, uh, you know, their opening round game of the, or of the North Star Tournament and then their second round Fab Four game. So uh, just something to pay attention to out there, just a little a little nugget to, for people that aren't uh, uh, as familiar with the, the league. Um, it does get interesting this time of year uh, in, the, in the conference tournament. Rolling right around uh, into the Red River Athletic Conference, and uh, uh, you know this is a this is a league that's getting pretty pretty uh, exciting as well. You had a LSU FC injury team uh, who, who's won eighty six percent of their games in the last seven years uh, as a program, or last eight years as a program um, that has lost two games last week and two home games. You know where they they won like they were I think ninety. Seven percent of their home games won uh, in the last eight years. Uh, turn around and, and uh, they had w- lost two uh, back to or lost two out of three home games uh, the week before. And then uh, this new little fun little uh, we talked to Coach Cordero about it uh, rivalry uh, in Rapides County uh, out there. Uh, they're fifteen miles apart, but uh, them and Louisiana Christian were in another battle. Uh, and LSU Alexandria hit a game winner uh, to win that game. So otherwise, they, they would have maybe lost three out of four. Uh, games there but uh, you know just a league that uh, uh, unfortunately you know we got to remind people that uh, Paul Quinn who's sitting at 17-1 in the league um, is ineligible for the postseason uh, but you got a team like Texas A&M or Texas Arcana uh, 7-2 in the league um, you got LSU Shreveport who is 8-2 in the league and then you got uh, Xavier and LSU Alexandria um, that are 6-3 and three in the league and uh, the Shreveport, Xavier and Alexandria are all in the, the uh, Red River East um, and Texarkana uh, right now is running basically away with the uh, Red River West. Uh, so just going to be a, a fun little league. Um, they're actually going to uh, – I need to double check on their on their tournament, but it's the top eight – or it's eight teams that are qualify. Uh, it was top four in the in each division, but I believe that got changed. Um, but it, they are a one-bid league in the NAS tournament, and it will be the tournament champion. Um, so just going to be kind of eager to see – um, you know, just kind of how this plays out. Because, you, you know, you do got a Shreveport team who's loaded with talent. Um, you know, they, they're so – I think they're one of the more talented teams in the country. Um, and they just haven't played, you know, necessarily great basketball year long. They, they have two uh, win teams. Uh, one was LCU Alexandria. The other one was uh, Sagu. Um, but they're just a team that, you know, I think – I have to look at their actual record out of 15-7. and seven. Um, but they're right around, you know, with the NEI, actual NEI teams they've faced, um, you know, they're right around 500. So you just kind of wonder, um, you know, they may have to win a couple more games here um, in the regular season uh, to just increase that resume, to, to boost that uh, that resume, because uh, they're probably going to be a bubble team heading into the NAS tournament. Right, yeah. And you talk about teams that, you know, are, are trying to make a run here or, you know, kind of boost their stock or, improve their bubble status over the next few weeks. I, and that's obviously all done by winning. And on the opposite side of the coin is teams that now might, you know, unfortunately start sliding, right? You, you string together a couple of losses and that kind of landslide, you know, you know, 
slides into, you know, three out of five or whatever it might be. There's also that side of it. So teams, you know, can play themselves into position. They can also play themselves out of position. Yeah, that's certainly uh, something to look at, look forward to over the next two weeks too. Those bubble teams that are going to start playing better basketball, you know, just make sure that, uh, you know, they're not left out uh, of the or the NEI tournament uh, coming up here. So, um, rolling over um, into an, another league that uh, I, I told you a lot of, I told you prior to this that a lot of teams, uh, a lot of leagues, uh, tighten the grip uh, here this week, uh, and uh, the River States Conference uh, out east uh, was certainly one of those as well. Uh, two division league, uh, West Virginia Tech did lock up. Uh, they they will be the one seed out of the the east, uh, but a matchup we saw uh, here just uh, on Sunday. Uh, between IU Kokomo and Alice Lloyd, uh, Kokomo actually came storming back in that game, uh, and and end up getting a three point win late. Uh, they won eleven games in a row, and they take a game and a half lead now over uh, Alice Lloyd for the one seed in the West. So uh, just going to be interesting to kind of see how the River States Conference uh, plays out here, um, just because it's a it's a league that. Uh, um, you know, it doesn't get a lot of love, uh, but you got three teams up here with West Virginia Tech, uh, Kokomo, and Alice Lloyd, who are in the receiving votes uh, category area. Um, and I think that West Virginia Tech, as soon as they get Scruggs back, uh, if, if, as long as they do get Scruggs back, um, is a team that they had a national tournament experience last year and uh, a team that is well coached and going to be and plays good defense and can win some games, uh, depending on matchups here coming up here in the national tournament. But, uh, um, you know, just some of these teams. This is a, a league that, uh, with not everybody making the nat- or making the the league tournament, um, just to see kind of how the last couple weeks play out with seeding. Yeah, and you talked about IU Kokomo last week, and that's a team that's really, really been playing some good ball lately. So excited to see, you know, if they can keep that momentum and keep building and building and building, or if somebody can kind of shake them up here in the next few weeks. So obviously, the, the top three are really, really strong. So between Kokomo, Alice Lloyd, and, and West Virginia Tech, who among those three can you know, win this thing? It's going to be an exciting, exciting battle. And I think, like you said, teams aren't people aren't really talking about this league. And there's three good teams in this league that are capable of making the national tournament. Yeah, and they're they're going to be a, a two mid league. Um, they are a, a tournament champion and the tournament runner up. So again. Uh, the regular season is being played for seeding purposes in the tournament only because, uh, uh, you know, no, no actual regular season champion that will qualify for the national tournament. It'll all be about that, uh, that River States conference tournament. Um, so while you want momentum going in the, going into the tournament, uh, you still have to play good ball uh, in the national tournament because you can throw out your regular season record uh, once the tournament hits, because when you, I, I like these, these, uh, I don't want to go too much into this, but, uh, I like these leagues that, uh, you know, that it makes it more interesting when you have the, the tournament champion and the tournament runner-up as your auto bid because the tournament just gets nuttier, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you, have, you have those teams that, that are going to be, you know, they're going to be a four seed out of their division. Uh, you know, they're going to end up playing a one seed, but they don't care about that. They're, they're zero and zero. And all they care about is is that upset. So um, just going just gonna to be interesting to kind of watch the, the River States Conference Tournament. Moving into the uh, Sooner Athletic Conference, though, Pat, uh, another league uh, that just is, is so powerful and, and so good, I think. And uh, eight out of 12 teams are going to qualify uh, for this tournament. 
Um, they are a two-bid league. Uh, first, the uh, auto-bid is the regular season, and then they're another one of those leagues that it's the tournament champion or the tournament runner-up um, if the regular season champion wins it. And right now, uh, you know, uh, Science and Arts is, is leading the league. Uh, Sagu right behind them. Uh, and then, the, you know, you got a, you got a trio of teams and even uh, four teams right behind them in, in Oklahoma City, Texas Wesley, and John Brown and Wayland Baptist that uh, – um, you know, those are those are four teams. Uh, John Brown, unfortunately, uh, um, it sounds like they lost their best player for the year. Um, you know, so it'll be you know they've they've been able to win three games even without them, uh, three games in a row without them. Uh, but just a team that uh, it's gonna be interesting to kind of see where they're at. Um, but they did knock off Sagu uh, without them again. So just a, a team to kind of watch out for out of there. Um, and even this Mac U team, you know, uh, now they have to qualify for the tournament. Uh, first, but uh, you know this Mac U team's got some good talent too, and um, they're they're so used to winning as well. You know, you want to be surprised if, if Mac U ends up even a, as a seven or eight seed in the in the SAC tournament. Uh, don't be surprised if, if they go and uh, uh, and make a deep run. It, it seems like every year the SAC tournament, uh, you know, it's it's very rarely the number one versus number two uh, teams out there, and that's just a credit to how many good teams they have in that league. Right. Yeah. And you talk about Mac U. That, that's a team that has made it to national tournaments. That's a team that's won. And so, yeah, you look at teams like that, teams that might just be able to make some noise, teams that might be able to, to knock off a team like Science and Arts or Sagu, you know, as you get into the conference tournament. And that's we've, – we've talked a lot of it, of, about it with St. Francis, uh, you know, kind of early in the season when they kind of hit their little bit of a slide. That's a team that you know might get a little higher seed and a, a team they're scared to play. This is a, a Mac U team that might kind of – you said it has to win their way into the conference tournament. And now, you know, is that a team you really want to see? Probably not, right? That's a no, team you no. don't really want to see in your conference tournament. So, yeah, teams like that really are the teams you should be most afraid of. Yeah, and, and again, we can talk more in depth uh, when, when we start getting uh, brackets and stuff. But, yeah, that's that. those are the teams that uh, maybe were, you know, top 10, top 15 team in the pro, in the country at one point. Outside the ratings, that uh, you know, if they go and and uh, win a win a auto bid somewhere down the line, uh, they're going to be a scary team to match up with. So, yeah. um, you know, moving over, uh, uh, talked about a little bit again uh, in the Southern States Athletic Conference, and uh, just a, a big time league. Uh, we saw some more great action uh, this year. Um, you know, it, it probably won't be any surprise. Uh, to you, Pat, but uh, Loyola will be number one in our top twenty-five again this year. We didn't, or this week, uh, we didn't take them out of our top twenty, our top spot uh, last week, or in our last uh, top twenty-five poll. Um, but just a team that unbelievable what they've done. I mean, last three, last four games, uh, they've scored over one hundred ten in the last or three of those four games, um, and then they just smacked uh, number twenty-one uh, Faulkner this weekend. Sure. Um, just uh, a team that I, I tell you what. This, this Loyola team will make them so good. It's not just because they're balanced, um, but, you know, they got two of the – arguably two of the best – and they may have two first-team All-Americans on their team, Zach Reisel and Miles Burns. Um, but then they, just the guys behind them, too. And, and then a guy never gets – I mean, you got Andrew Fava, who's a Florida transfer, a University of Florida transfer, you know, that uh, is a big-time shooter for them. Um, they, they've got uh, just so many good players. And then like, I don't want to go too much on them because they're a lock. Uh, to make the the national tournament, obviously, but just a team that it, you know over these next two weeks, if you haven't seen them play uh, and you're listening, uh, you better turn them on because they're a team that is probably the favorites, I would say, to probably win uh, the national title this year. 
Well, yeah, they scored 92 points a game. And my friends over at Talladega are going to say, wait a minute, you love when we hold teams under 50. What's up with that? But when you score 92 points a game, I mean, that is just efficient, efficient offense. Like That is hard to stop. That's hard to guard. And you look at their scores, and we always say it, like really good teams impose their will. You just look at the scores, and you look at the box scores, and you, you can just tell this is a team that really imposes their will from start to finish. So excited yeah. to see, you know, obviously want to see them paired with Talladega. It, it, you know, like we said, Talladega is also really good. Can they impose their will defensively and kind of slow slow the will down? So we'll see. Well, we got to see play out. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, in the, in the last two weeks of the season here, because of all the rescheduled games, right. I'm getting two matchups between these two teams. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, it's one of those things where – does, does, uh, they may end up playing each other three times in a matter of, of about two yeah. weeks, you know, between the, the regular season and the and the conference uh, tournament. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it'll be fun. Uh, two I don't want to say Loyola, they're two different styles because uh, even though Talladega plays slower, uh, I think Loyola is really, really good defensively. They make, you know, points per game is, is such a, a crazy stats, you know, for, for points per game given up because uh, – they play in a much higher tempo. It's the team they're getting more possessions, but uh, um, they're long and athletic and, and so good defensively. And, and you saw Miles Burns uh, with ten steals last game and broke his own uh, uh, record for season or for the single season steals record. You know, so um, just a, a league that even with Stillman and and, uh, and Faulkner, you know, uh, um, Stillman's starting to play really good basketball. And their team that made Kansas City last year, a lot of people forget about. Um, you know, just because they dropped out of the top twenty five, and um, I, I imagine that. You know, all four of these teams will be inside the top 25 this week. Um, but Stillman, uh, if they're not inside the top 25, I can tell you right now that uh, uh, somebody better hope that they get a two seed in the NAS tournament because if they're a three <laughs> or four, watch out. They're, that is that is way too good of a team uh, uh, to not uh, not get a good seed uh, and, and end up having to uh, play a good team. Uh, uh, you're going to have, have a crazy good matchup uh, there in the opening round. But rolling over, uh, you can talk about uh, a lot of these leagues uh, – all day long, but uh, got got to get uh, people off uh, off the air. I know, uh, you know, Pat. I totally tell you, you know, they don't like listening to us anyway. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully, we're we're giving them some good information here, and they're still around uh, with us because we got uh, uh, two leagues left. Want to cover uh, first and foremost uh, is the Sun Conference. Um, it, it's a team that is uh, going to have six of their teams, six or nine, qualify for the tournament. Uh, they are a one bid league. Um, and that auto bid is going to the tournament champion. And, uh, you know, this is just a league. Uh, you know, Southeastern was playing some really, really good basketball. Um, and they are coming off a win, but they, they kind of had a, 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 I don't know if you want to call it a two-week span or, or what it was, where they, they dropped, uh, I think, three games uh, out of four. I think it was what it was, or out of five. Um, you know, it's just one of those teams that, uh, with Riley Minix, who's one of my favorite players, uh, good team, really good. Uh, program really well coached um, but then you got these teams you know behind them uh, and you got a Florida Memorial team who, who uh, has won straight and then they're in the two spot right now um, and they got five teams out of the six uh, right now that have uh, already clinched a playoff spot so really they only have one uh, they I think Kaiser need, Kaiser needs to win one more game and then they got their field set uh, but you know it's gonna be still a fun two weeks here just to kind of see seating wise because uh, as good as I think Southeastern is and Riley Minix is, I think this uh, this uh, Sun Conference 
uh, is wide open. So uh, seating's going to matter. So these next two weeks are going to be a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. And you, you especially think like if they're not at a host site and they're just playing games where the, where the, you know, the higher seed is the host, those teams right there, like at the three and the four mark really, really are, are vying for positioning. So that's always kind of the most interesting spot to watch when, the, when a team, you know, Southeastern probably is going to clinch the one seed. Where are those teams right there in the middle fall? Are you going to be going on the road? Or are you going to be hosting? So obviously very, very important down the stretch. Yeah. Well, yeah. And with, with six teams playing in, they're going to have a, a playing game, obviously. And then uh, the Fab Four or Final Four uh, in the Conference Final Four uh, will be hosted by the regular season champion, which right now uh, is Southeastern. But this is, this is a league where uh, Southeastern has played more games than everybody. And so maybe they'll have a little bit of a rest period, you know, heading into the, the tournament, too. They'll be a little bit more rested. Uh, but you got Florida Memorial, Warner, uh, Ava Marie, uh, all sitting at one game uh, back in the loss column uh, behind uh, Southeastern. So uh, they're, you got 9-4, 9-4, and 8-4 on those teams uh, right behind 10-3 Southeastern. So uh, as good as Southeastern's been, uh, it, you know, it seems that even though they've played more games uh, – it's going to be kind of interesting watching these last uh, couple of weeks and kind of see where teams uh, fall in and see if anybody can uh, we end up wheeling, uh, reeling uh, Southeastern back in. But bringing us home, Pat, uh, moving on to our last league, uh, the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference. Uh, eight teams are going to qualify uh, right now. Basically, uh, on that seven eight line, or sorry, that eight nine line, uh, UNOH uh, has a three game lead over Concordia. So, basically, the the wax field is set now. Those eight teams on, and where they're going to be seated uh, is what's going to be fun to watch over these next two weeks. Um, you got a, the two best teams in the league, and Indiana Tech uh, has won eight in a row, and Madonna's won seven in a row. Um, What's going to be interesting is that on and, and you know we're not going to do our uh, games of the week segment as much this week, but uh, a, a game to watch out for is on Saturday. Um, Madonna or sorry, Indiana Tech has to go to Madonna, um, and if Madonna can pull off that home win, they're going to be one game back with one week to go. Uh, and it's the Madonna team that has been playing very good basketball. So um, and even behind them, you know, you got a good cornerstone team who's got some good. Uh, top 25 wins underneath their belt. And you got, uh, you know, even a Lords and Rochester team that, you know, Lords at one point won seven or eight in a row. And you got Rochester, who uh, was a fringe top 25 team. And uh, just going to be interesting to kind of see uh, how the whack plays out here over the next two weeks. Because there's, while the eight teams in the, maybe already into the, the conference tournament, uh, there's still a lot to be determined as far as seeding goes. Right, yeah. And you think about that matchup between Indiana Tech and Madonna. And if you're Indiana Tech, you're going on the road, and you are just licking your chops, right? You want a late-season, high-intensity matchup with the second-best team in the league. That That is what postseason basketball is going to be. So the more experience you can get in an environment like that, you know, in a, a game like that, the better. It's, it's way better to play that kind of game late in the season. Like we were talking about with Talladega and Loyola, right? You want to play those hard games late in the season. That gives you more experience. It feels a little more fresh for you as you move into postseason play. Yeah, and, and this is going to be one of those games there where, uh, uh, you know, because this is a league where the, the higher or the better seed uh, is always is going to host uh, each round, 
or each game, sorry, in each round. So, um, you know, it's, it's important to have that home court. I mean, I, I, I can't express lose on their home court, but, uh, uh having that environment and, and just something special about having your, you know, your student section and, and your, you, you may not have, I mean, let's be honest, Pat, you know, as we wind this down here, there are several teams here who may not have big crowds that all of a sudden when it comes to tournament play, their gym will be sold. Right. You know, so it's a complete, you may play somebody on in uh, November, December, some of these bigger leagues, you know, may play somebody in December uh, or, or even in early November. Uh, so some of these big leagues that play, you know, like KCAC that plays 20, 24 games. Uh, uh, and you may have been in a quiet gym or you may somebody uh, over, over the holiday break, uh, you know, where kids or students were on. Uh, and now all of a sudden, uh, so you, you know, you, you played them and you beat them at their home court. Now all of a sudden you're going to go play them on their home and it's going to be a packed arena. It's going to be completely different than what you saw, you know, a month ago, or even some, you know, even sometimes uh, here in, in uh, January and early February, where, where right. you know, like you last week, yeah. yeah, you know, you can't catch teams uh, with a different environment, but uh, it always brings uh, the best out of, of the fans and and, uh, and the best environments. And so, uh, some of these teams uh, or some of these leagues, uh, you know, we've talked about have neutral site games, but uh, uh, then you turn around, and you have a a team or a league like the WAC that uh, is going to get interesting because, uh, uh, you know, Madonna and Indiana Tech, right, basically on Saturday, uh, you know, Indiana Tech uh, can lock up the, the WAC uh, championship uh, and host every game. Otherwise, uh, you know, Madonna can, can make things very, very interesting. It's a longer episode, uh, Pat, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things that's very important to hear as we go into the two final two weeks that we help paint the picture of kind of um, not just where we're uh, – you know, teams are at, but, uh, you know, just kind of what to expect because, uh, you know, as you're looking across the country, you have a lot of these teams that are all of a sudden now maybe uh, finding themselves inside the, the, the field of 64 uh, for the national tournament. Um, they're going to start paying attention. This is the time of year where you may not have paid attention to the rest of the country at all because you're so worried about your own league or your own team. Um, and now you're starting to take a peek, you know, a gander across the country at some of these teams. So, uh, you know, these last two weeks of the season and then heading into the, the conference tournament, um, you're going to start seeing a lot of teams uh, around the country that are, are starting to pay attention to other teams around the country because it's important to know kind of what you're facing as, as the teams uh, start advancing here. Right, yeah, and I think the biggest takeaway from this episode probably is you're looking at conference tournaments, look at, at positions, you know, that middle of the pack, those teams that are like, those are the teams that are really, really competing here, competing for something. There's a lot on the line for those teams. And then as you look at a national tournament picture, look for those teams that are like two and three in the league, right? Where we talked earlier about a team like St. Francis, right? That isn't going to end up winning their league, but a team that was number one at one point in the season, a team that has lost one here late, but a team you definitely don't want to see come tournament time. So continue to, to you know, the, the picture will continue to paint itself, but it's going to be those teams that not necessarily are the, are the number ones, but those teams that are, are two through six that are really going to start making some noise and shaking things up. Yeah, and the, the one thing that I'll, I'll reiterate that I said last week, and I, I think I put it a couple times in articles uh, throughout the week, but uh, don't count out those seniors who, uh, you know, they don't have a tomorrow. So, uh, you know, we, we're seeing some, some special, special performances uh, uh, about this time every year. Um, and, and it'll be 
you know, maybe we'll, next week we'll we'll uh, we'll be able to already see a couple of those and be able to discuss them. But uh, even coming into the the national or the uh, conference tournament uh, episode in, in two weeks from now, um, you know, we're we're getting to that time of year where where seniors do not want their career to end you know not everybody's gonna go play pro you know they're gonna go into the real world and and, uh you know go make money and stuff like that so this for a lot of kids is gonna be the last two weeks uh, of of their uh, college career and their playing career so um just kind of a lot more fighting kids a lot more uh you know you're gonna see a lot of teams that uh you know maybe uh you know the the boat wasn't uh the boat was rocking a little bit now they're getting it uh, facing the right direction because you got senior leadership on that team that just is not ready for the careers to end. So uh, a lot of storylines uh, like that to follow as well. Um, as always, uh, make sure you're following the website uh, and, and our Twitter account. We uh, will keep you updated with everything that goes on. Uh, you can also uh, catch us obviously on the podcast next week as we update again. Uh, we'll have a new top 25 out, uh, our own top 25 out uh, as well uh, later in the day today and then you'll uh we'll get our actual coaches top 25 poll out on wednesday so some stuff to discuss next week uh but pat uh, it is going to be another rowdy week um and i'm looking forward uh to some great nei basketball yeah let's get a rocking right this is the best time of the year and you couldn't said it any better this is uh pat and jeter signing off